Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what is up? How you doing, Luke? Not as good as Jimmy Butler, but pretty good. <laughs> what an incredible performance from Jimmy Butler. Did you happen to see it, Basin Orleans? That is the question we ask this morning. Stunning. Stunning play by Jimmy Butler. You gotta be kidding me. 56, light it up. I'll say this, because I was looking at it as we walked in. I was looking at FanDuel. Just, you know, to see. Like, what are the odds on Milwaukee now? They're down 3-1 in that series. Miami's barely favored to win the series right now, up 3-1. Yeah. Uh, And Jimmy Butler just put 56. I mean, Jimmy Butler has the ability to do that, obviously. He's done it in the last 15 hours. We're obviously going to get a little bit more into that, but would that break anybody's heart right there if the Milwaukee Bucks got ejected? (laughs) Oh, no, that would not. I I like the idea of the Suns winning the title and going through Milwaukee. But I would also say, and I've been saying this, Milwaukee's the team that, really the only team on paper that I think that would beat the Suns, could beat the Suns. I shouldn't say could, because other teams could. But, like, that's the one team going into a best of seven. I'd be like, I don't know, against Milwaukee. But they got their own problems now. they got to win three in a row against a guy that just scored 56 points. I'm not going to say, though, that they can't do it. The Milwaukee Bucks, no way. I think they could do it. I think they could pull this thing off. I think they're built that way. I think they're tough. Don't say mentally tough, Basonians, because that is redundant, as we all know. I think they're tough deep down inside. It's who they are. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them come back. Uh, As we're finding in these playoffs, too, a lot of it is predicated on health. But speaking of the ability to close a team out, the Suns have a chance to close out the Clippers tonight. Uh, There's a lot of benefits to doing that. We'll get into them. Certainly injuries, uh, you know, how many minutes your star players are playing. But I would also just say this, Wolf, looking back at the year the Suns went to the finals, they didn't mess around and close out games. They were three and one when they had a chance to put a team away. It's a good point. And last year, obviously, the record was not as good. They were one and two when they had a chance to put a team away. But uh, you have a chance to to end it tonight. I don't even care who's in the lineup for the other team. You have to, especially at home, you have to take that opportunity and do it. We were talking about this yesterday, but it's the truth, and you have to point to it and say, aha, because it was that moment for me, the way they came out and they played in Game 3. That was an opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to make a statement in this series, to go out and win Game 3 and say a little something-something to their opponent about this series, especially when we knew Kawhi was not going to play. This was an opportunity, almost a must-win situation for this series. And they went out, and they did their job. They were professional, they went about their business, and they won the game. Now, it wasn't the most impressive game we've ever seen from the Phoenix Suns, but they went out and they won that game, did what they had to do. I kind of look at this right now. Not not a must-win situation for the series, obviously, but a must-win situation for the postseason for the Phoenix Suns. 
Finish them now. Where's the, where the what is that? Mortal, Mortal Kombat? Kombat? Where's our Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Finish him! Finish him! Yeah! There it is. There's Finish the voice. Him. Finish him! You dirtbag! Finish him! They gotta play that uh, in like the final 30 seconds of the game tonight if the Suns are in fact gonna win. Now here's the, have you heard but, the weird listen stat? listen to the urgency of that. Give it to me one more time, Mal. Just give it to me. Finish him! The, the urgency. And would you say that dude is serious about finishing games? <laughs> I assume that guy's serious about everything. Serious, number one, but also finish it. There's an urgency that is there. This is what I want to see from the Suns tonight. This is what I want to see. An urgency to recognize the plight they're in, the path they're on right now. To recognize the fact they can't keep throwing Chris Paul 41 minutes, 39 minutes out onto the floor and say, have at it. They can't do it. This is a point where they've got to seize the opportunity to finish him. That's true. The voice does not say finish him, but if you can't, you still have game six, and even then you'd have another chance at home. Finish him. <laughs> if you get some time, could you finish him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, I, honestly, there's, there's a way to say finish him, and then there's a way to say Finish him! Finish him! All right, See, that guy's got even it better down. than I know. Uh, He's got it better. Okay, wait, this is going on your. But your you get my point. List of uh, potential future careers. You could be the Mortal Kombat <laughs> voiceover guy if they ever do a remake. <laughs> get over here! <laughs> Once again, was he serious? Yes, he was when he said that. Was there urgency behind that? Did he mean get over here now? Yes, it definitely was. He did. Hey, when you have a minute, could you possibly walk over here? And if you're going to do that, could you stop by the coffee machine, please? Sorry, That's, thanks. Oh my goodness, that is great. We got to continue to do this. Okay, now what were you going to say? The about? stat I had like 19 something? minutes ago that might be outdated at this point. Yeah, they haven't closed out a series at home since uh, May of 2007. <laughs> like how, how is that a wait, real wait, thing? What? Yeah, they haven't closed. I mean, all these series that they've been closing out, they've been closing out on the road the last few years, and then they weren't in the playoffs for a decade. I don't know if you okay, blocked that out. Yeah, like no, I that did. was young. Yeah, I mean, okay. Well, they didn't close out Dallas last year. They closed out New Orleans in the first round, but that was on the road. Okay. Well, they closed out the Clippers in in twenty one, but that was on the road. They closed out Denver on the road. They closed out the Lakers on the road. Yeah. And they hadn't been to the playoffs for a decade. They haven't closed out a series. Since May of 2007 at home. Oh, my goodness. Look, that is, you know, drop the mic, walk out right now. That is really, really good. Where did you see that? I didn't. I heard it on the morning show. Reading the media guide or something like that. Well, where's the game program? Uh, what are they saying about it? I mean, <laughs> Could you please do at least one segment of the show in that voice? You know, I'm just saying. Hey guys, kinda, I'm Wolf. It's kind of like Paul Calvisi, of course. <laughs> Paulie, we all know, the sideline port, uh, reporter, of course, for the Arizona Girl. Mm. This guy reads the media guide over and over and over again. He just reads the, Paulie, put the media guide down. Like cover to cover? Um, yeah, he's just, he knows all this stuff, wow. and loves reading the media guide, and Paul, just let it go. I was so proud of myself for stealing that stat from Bickley and Murata, and then I had to double check it, because it was so <laughs> ridiculous. So when I heard it, I was like, this is brilliant, I'm going to have the stat, it's going to blow Wolf's mind. But then it was such a ridiculous stat that I had to go back and actually do the work yeah. to double check it, and then I feel like I got cheated somehow. Okay, good, you you did. Uh, what do you hope for? What do you hope to see tonight? A win. We're all over the place right now. What is that? Okay, obviously a win, ladies and gentlemen. We want to see the Phoenix Suns win. Finish him. We want to see this end. We get that. The how of it matters to me. It does, does it really? Yeah, it, it does. Out game. Okay. Yeah, it All right. does. All right, it then does. 20 and 20 from DA. How's that? That's... 
Why would you go there? Was that what you it was? Right there. <laughs> it's not 20 in 20 Finish from him. DA. It isn't. Hey, oh. DA, impact this game in a way, DA, where there's no doubt you won the game for the Phoenix Suns. Impact this game that way because of your presence down low on both ends of the floor. Be that motor, man. Embrace it. Do it. I want to see D.A. go out there and make a statement tonight. That's what I want to see. Well, he's running on a Tesla engine, so you figure he'll be fully charged for the game, right? I mean, we did learn that in the last 24 hours. Do we have any melancholy D.A.? Do we have any melancholy D.A. where he's kind of down here? Yeah, I've I've got some D.A. here. I've got some D.A. I haven't heard yet from yesterday. I don't think it's going to be melancholy, but talking about approaching a closeout game. I mean, the approach is the same, you know? Don't uh, don't respect your don't disrespect your, your opponent. Um, know know that um, you know that's a bruised animal, and you know those are always the most aggressive ones. And understand that you know they just not gonna lay down. And we got to protect home regardless, and we still working on us. That's what teams that's what people forget. We working on us to, for us to be better, and not for us to work on things, and for us to we're hard on ourselves to close out games the right way. So I mean, it's gonna be a good game. Oh yes, it is going to be a good game right there. We were talking about this yesterday, I think, but I'm sorry. Did you hear the way right there? DA's so, he's just so affable. I love this guy. What a great young man this really is right here. He's just so, he's effusive in his praise of those that he competes against and his teammates around him. Man, I, I, wow. Just, I want to see him attack the game tonight with a vengeance. Right. That's what I want to see. We'll get back into DA in a little bit because Peter King's calling in to uh, join us next segment. Peter! Um, his mock draft raised some questions about the Cardinals. Questions we're going to ask him next, okay? Uh, since the hottest, or score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets, just text ticket to 620-620, register and listen for your name today during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. Um, one of those questions, could the Cardinals stay at number three and not draft Will Anderson? Because that's where Peter King has them in his mock draft. We're going to ask the author of Football Morning in America. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pizza. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. we got the NFL draft coming up in two days. Is crazy. I was talking to somebody in the newsroom earlier today, Wolf, and they were like, I can't believe all of a sudden the draft is just here after months and months of talking about when it will be here. Joining us right now in the Arizona Sports Line, you know him from many different uh, places in the football world, but he's the author of Football Morning in America, Peter King, on the Arizona Sports Line. Peter, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? Everything's going great, guys. How about you? Oh, Peter, thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. I know this has got to be a crazy week for you. I appreciate your time, big guy. It really isn't that crazy. After I put my mock draft out, I basically, I just spent four days sipping pina coladas and eating <laughs> New York bagels and, and all that. And really, no, really, I, I, I'm, I'm just now waiting to see what happens when everybody opens their holiday presents on Thursday night. It should be fun. <laughs> well, speaking of that mock draft, um, you had the Cardinals trading down to 11 and taking the Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. We can get to that in a second, but obviously the, the headliner with the Cardinals, as you said in the write-up, that if you had to keep them at three, 
You might just have them take Paris Johnson, who we just heard yesterday Kyler Murray is interested in, and obviously they need offensive line help. Um, what are your thoughts on Paris Johnson, and what was the thinking behind that? Well, I think the biggest thing about Paris Johnson is that if you're Kyler Murray and if you're the Cardinals, I know they like Paris Johnson. They like him a lot. And why wouldn't you like the guy who's the best tackle in this class when you really need a long-term tackle? So I think that's definitely possible. If I am Monty Ford, I just want to start solving problems because – You know, as Daniel Jeremiah said last week, as I think a lot of people feel, the Cardinals either have the or one of the worst overall rosters in the NFL. They've got their defensive, uh, uh, you know, the best player on their defense, really. And Buda Baker apparently wants out. Um, J.J. Watt is retired. DeAndre Hopkins wants out. I mean, there's this is a team very much in flux, and that's putting it uh, kindly. So you need to start solving problems. That's what you really need to do. And that's why the reason why Monty Austin Ford is seen by all of us as a guy who very much wants to trade is that when you really need so much, it's almost luxurious to just sit where you are and solve one problem instead of solving multiple ones. So, Peter, right now, just your gut feeling on this, of course, do you think the Arizona Cardinals will trade out of number three? I know there are some things that have to happen. You have to wait and see what's going to happen at number two with the Houston Texans. But do you think they will trade out, or do you think they're going to end up taking a player at three? My gut feeling is that they'll trade out. But, you know, Wolf, I think the most important thing at this time of year is finding a partner, um, and that's going to be easier said than done in this particular year. As as one of the uh, GMs over the weekend told me, he said, the problem is with all these teams that want to trade out, there really are not a lot of premier players that everybody would want to trade up for. Everybody's got a different opinion about the quarterbacks. Uh, and then... After the quarterbacks, there's probably two premier corners. Um, there's maybe two offensive linemen in, in Paris Johnson and Skaronsky. Um, There's a couple of edge players, but there are not. You don't have the depth in this first round that makes a lot of teams say, hey, I'll give you a two and a three to move up 10, 10 spots in the first round. That will be... Monty Austin Ford's enemy, uh, but the the Cardinals have to hope that there is love for at least one or two players uh, by people around the league when they get to three. As of now, well, I would say yes. My belief is that they'll trade it, but yeah. I don't have a I don't have a firm conviction on that but if i had to guess i would say yes it sounds like just listening to you right now not specifically but generally speaking you don't think there's going to be a lot of activity in this draft am i reading that correctly i don't think there's going to be i think there's going to be a lot more people who want to trade down than there will be actual teams Mm. that do trade down and that's that's how i kind of view what will happen in the first round 
We're talking to Peter King. Uh, Peter, you mentioned the quarterbacks. I'm assuming Bryce Young is the first pick because that's what's been talked about for a while, but I guess yeah. I don't know that. But in your mind, is there a clear-cut number two? Because all of a sudden, this is Will Levis week leading up to the draft. I don't know. The Levis thing has been really weird because two weeks ago, he was not exactly the hot guy. But look, one of the reasons why I've always um, hesitated to believe very much before the draft is because you actually think that, like, if I call Chris Ballard the GM of the Colts, <laughs> you think he's going to tell me exactly how he feels about all these guys and about which quarterback he likes the most. It's not in his best interest to do that. <laughs> I say it all and the so time, Peter. He's not, he's not going to do that. And that's why, like, that's why every year there are surprises during the draft. And I think this year there might even be more because look at how many new people are running drafts. You know why, you know, it's hard to project what Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon are going to do. It's very simple. They've never run a draft before. (laughs) And so there's no book on them. Nine of the top 11 teams in this draft right now have GMs and or coaches in their first or second years. And so, therefore, you tell me what they're going to do. And I'm not being obnoxious. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know how anybody can really project what a lot of these teams are going to do early on because – you know, they've never done it before. Okay, Peter, um, I've never known you to be obnoxious, of course. The Wolfley family has never known you to be obnoxious. Let me just say, who's your favorite player in this draft and why? Uh, my favorite player in the draft is John Robinson, the running back from Texas, because he is, to me, he's a no-doubt impact player the first day he puts on a uniform for whoever drafts him. Now, as you guys know, we are in a period in NFL history where running backs are being devalued, Mm. and that's to put it mildly. Um, They're being devalued for a very simple reason, that people can find good running backs You know, the best running back on the field in the Super Bowl last year, Isaiah Pacheco, was a seventh-round draft pick. And, I mean, we could argue uh, whether he was or not, but he he certainly could well have been. And so, to me, I think most teams look at the running back position and say, ah, we'll get one down the line. Because you can. But, to me, if you look at B. John Robinson, the pass catcher, Bijan Robinson, the running back, he is without peer in this draft in terms of the guy who has the most overall talent. We're talking to Peter King. Peter, I just I wanted to get your thoughts on Will Anderson because that's been the guy that the Cardinals have at least been rumored yeah. to be taking for the longest time. You have him going sixth in your mock to uh, Detroit. What, what are your thoughts on Will Anderson? I think he's going to make any team he goes to a better team on day one. The question is, is he going to be an eight eight or nine sack guy, a steady Eddie kind of guy for you? Or is he going to break into the upper echelon of NFL pass rushers? I had one GM tell me, and I used this in my mock draft, the thing about Willie Anderson is that he's, you know, if, I mean, and I'm using baseball terms here, 
He's a solid double. Tyree Wilson, uh, you know, has a chance to be, um, you know, to hit the long ball. And I, I, I'm drawing a blank on what my exact quote was. But in essence, Tyree, Ty, yeah, Ty, Tyree Wilson is like a, the big swing in this draft. And Willie Anderson is a solid double. And I think it's possible that Tyree Wilson will strike out and he won't be great. He's got a foot injury right now that people have some question about. But, again, that's kind of what this draft is. Everybody says, everybody, looking at this draft, every quarterback has questions right now. And I think almost every player in this draft has some significant questions about them. So that's why I think the draft is going to be particularly dramatic because I don't know that there are sure things. Peter, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you. Okay, hey, good. Have a good have a good draft day, you guys. Yeah, Craig says hi too, Peter. God bless you, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay. There All we right. go. That was uh, Peter King joining us on the Arizona Sports Line, and we're going to react to that a little bit later on in the show because there's there's some interesting stuff in his mock draft for sure. He has no. the Cardinals. He has the Cardinals trading down, but he says right in there if they don't trade down. I mean, can you imagine if they just stayed at three and took Paris Johnson? People are going to lose it. Uh, even if it's the right move, people are going to lose it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, back to basketball. Has DeAndre Ayton taken a step back in these playoffs? Has he taken a step forward? Where is DA stepping? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. All right, Suns chance to move on to the second round. They take care of business against the L.A. Clippers at Footprint Center tonight. We talked uh, talked a couple times about DeAndre Ayton yesterday. Wolf. D.A. And it was because D.A. spoke after practice, but I got a lot of audio about D.A. right here, okay? So I've got a couple clips from the Bill Simmons podcast on Sunday night with Ryan Rossillo. Uh, I've got Monty Williams talking about D.A. I've got Devin Booker talking about D.A. I've got D.A. talking about D.A. yesterday. So where do you want to start? We'll just we'll treat this like a game show. You can pick where you want to go. Um, let's go ahead and talk. Let's go with D.A. on D.A. Okay. Well, this is, um, this is the one that kind of got everybody like, wait, what's going on yesterday? When he was asked uh, about people maybe questioning his motor. Yeah, I don't know what that is, man. Yeah. The motor, come on. Bro. I played both ends of the floor. My name is Dominating. I carry the, uh, I anchor the Phoenix Suns and both ends of the flow. Motor, really? You don't talk about the motor, man. Nope, I run on Tesla battery. <laughs> that was okay. So that's how this It was kind of funny at the end right there. Well, the, the Tesla, Tesla battery. battery. He had a couple it good lines kinda, yesterday. Yeah, you did. But that one got... Actually, Maloney fired that one off right as we were going to break yesterday, and I yeah. thought your head was going to explode. I, well, I was angry. Well, it, well he was no angry time, that day, my friend. You had no time to talk about it. Uh, but I want to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go even bigger picture. This is Bill Simmons, Ryan Rossillo on Sunday night after game four, okay? Yeah. Simmons, you know, big basketball guy. Ryan Rossillo, obviously a big basketball guy. We've had him on this show before. Um, but I think it's interesting to get the national perspective on DA because, and this is not a knock on anybody, but nationally they're going to be a little bit behind locally, right? Yes. Um, now this is not the first time I've heard these guys say this about DA, but, uh, let's, let's start with, uh, here's, here's Rosillo. And the eight part, like I've given up, you know what, like 
you and I were starting to fall in love with him when they were making the finals run a couple of years ago. Yeah. Hey, he's a big five who can stay on the floor and he's not going to get exposed and all these one five switch and all this stuff. He had Terrence Mann pinned at the rim in game three and he turns around and gives you a floater. And you're like, how are you not more pissed off that you're not better? You should be f- killing some of these guys and he doesn't do it. And that means the guys don't want to pass it to him all the time. They don't trust him. They don't think he's tough enough. He gets, he should get more rebounds just for being huge. They didn't go small. The Clippers didn't go small the way they did in game three and game four. They brought in Marcus Morris about the four minute mark to close out game four. So I was like waiting for that again. And I wonder if Lou was like, I almost don't want to turn him on. We're maybe going that small freaked him out in game three. Yeah. He's got to okay, be so. one of the biggest X factors in the league. Good or bad. Yeah. Um, some would say an enigma, ladies and gentlemen. Might be a, a different way to say it, yeah. Yeah, he, he really is. He is a mystery. There's no doubt about it. To, to watch him play and know all the uh, skill, the talent, the ability that he has, the greatness that he has, the frame, the athleticism, the explosiveness, the, the length. It's just it's a great reminder that you can have all of it. You can, but... These sports are played by human beings, ladies and gentlemen, body, soul, and spirit. And you have to be able to measure them all, body, soul, and spirit. And the charge for DeAndre Ayton going forward is going to be within. He's got everything you need on the outside, as we all know. The battle for DeAndre Ayton is going to come from his soul and his spirit, period. And the type of player he's going to be, he chooses to be. This, I think right now, we can just say this is who DeAndre Ayton is. This is what we've seen. Not he's been knowing very who consistent. he is. is who, yeah, he's been consistently... I don't want to say inconsistent, but I guess he's been consistently inconsistent to the point where you kind of know he's just going to be in this range. He's been consistently not physical. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, here's here's Bill Simmons on the other side of that conversation. The Aiton piece of it really jumped out in person, and I don't know, on TV it doesn't jump out the same way, but um, they're just re- they get really frustrated by him. It's He's like the little brother. He's such little a nice Chalmers. guy. Little Chalmers. But he's such a, like... Eddie Johnson, like he said, like he loves him. He says he's like the greatest guy. Everybody says like he's an awesome guy. They're just frustrated by him because he's got this like perfect center body. And then you watch him like go fumble a screen or he's late rotating or he didn't get to, you know, the rebound in time. And at one point in the beginning of third quarter, um, the Clippers went on a little run. Monty called a quick timeout. Booker was like yelling at Aiton. And I, I'm not, this wasn't like Draymond and KD four years ago. It wasn't like I didn't think they were going to fight, but Booker was so pissed off. <laughs> and he just screamed at him, I'm going to say for like 45, 50 seconds, where he was just so mad. Yep. <laughs> that's where we are. And yet the other See, part of this, because yeah. Simmons was at the game. That's yeah. and, and, and so that's where he was getting that perspective of like, right. you know, I don't always see this in, in person. But again, I just keep coming back to if DA is on, I don't think anybody beats this team in the playoffs. But that's what makes it so much more maddening. Because if he isn't on, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. No, it's it's well said by you right there. And it just it brings back so many memories. It really does. And I say it all the time. I, I love DA because of the man that he is, the young guy that he is. But um, he is a mad king. He is. I will say it over and over and over again. And I don't mean to say that he doesn't have any value. He does have value. A king has value. But he is a mad king. And when you think about it, 
How, what kind of damage does that do when you've got a guy that is that gifted, that athletic, and again, he just can't seem to bring it to bear on a consistent basis? Well, it gets to a point where you have a Devin Booker <laughs> screaming at you for 45 or 50 seconds. It happens all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you've got to be careful about that. It's one of the reasons why it's never been a slam dunk with DeAndre Ayton. It never has been. They've tried everything they possibly can to get his attention. It just hasn't worked. Here's uh, Devin Booker yesterday talking about it. I think he just hears it from, you know, a little bit of everybody. You know, it's a collective group. Uh, <laughs> both ways, though, too. You know, we, we hear from him, too. And, you know, we hear everybody out on this team. We all have the same objective, and, you know, that's to win the game. So, you know, it's important to communicate. There's one more from Booker. Being big, um, you know, they, they throw a lot of small guard lineups out there. They've, you know, put smaller guards on him, and, you know, Zubak on T. Craig and just being a force. Um, he's been able to do that. Um, big offensive rebounds late in games, setting great screens with great angles, and, you know, it's opening everything else up for everybody else. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, DA's been better since game one, and th- this stat is, is legit. I know there was the cut of him yesterday saying, well, I'm pretty sure I have more rebounds than anybody in the playoffs, and now the Lakers have played, so it's a little bit thrown off. But the only guys that have more rebounds or better rebounds per game, I should say, than DA in the playoffs are LeBron. LeBron's somehow leading the playoffs in rebounding. Yeah, boy, that's crazy. Uh, Kevon Looney, Anthony Davis, and DeMontis Sabonis, and I guess Rudy Gobert, which <laughs> that's what you get when you trade four first-round picks and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but it's not about the numbers at DA. It never has been. Nope. And, and it never will be. And... um here we go. It's a roller coaster all the time with him. That's why I love the first cut that you actually played um, from Devin Booker in regard to how they communicate with DeAndre Ayton and how many guys, how many people communicate with him and the fact that he gives it back as well right there. Communication is going to be the key and has been the key to DeAndre Ayton and his development as a Phoenix Sun. He has developed. I don't want to make it sound like he hasn't developed at all. He's He's developed, I think a lot, but this long into his career right now, you are going to be what you are going to be. He's never embraced tapping into the rage tree. He's never embraced that. And that is too bad because he doesn't understand the goodness of that out on the floor when you're actually competing. And there's another man saying, you know what, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to let you do that. What are you talking about? I'm actually going to take the ball from you. You know, I, I, I don't understand how guys don't let the, the primal side flow a little bit in that situation. It's tapping in. It is the intensity. It's so fun to be intense. It's so fun. Why wouldn't you? He's he's not he's not wired that way. That's where I agree with you. I don't think it's going to change. Um, and it, it's it's a difficult conversation to have because I don't look at Da as like oh he's holding the Suns back because I don't think he is. And like I said earlier, I, I think they they need him to win a title. But he's like he's like that friend in your group of friends that you're like oh I really want to go I want to go get dinner with this person. And every time they set up plans. It's like 50-50 if they'll actually show up. That's what yeah. D.A. is. Like, yeah. If D.A. goes off tonight, the Clippers have no chance. If D.A. goes out there and plays this potential tonight, the Clippers are done, regardless of anything else in the game. But he might just not. And, and because he looks like he would be so dominant, and because he calls himself dominating, it's 
anytime anything goes wrong in a game, Suns fans are just like, it's his fault. He could have got that rebound. He's the lightning rod now for, for criticism. And, and I'm not saying he hasn't brought it on himself. I'm just saying that's kind of where we are. And by the way, the stakes are only getting higher each uh, every couple weeks now. Score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 12 o'clock and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets. See the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. That is ticket to 620-620. We come back over to football, and I guess we can lift the uh, the restrictions on talking about Aaron Rodgers for a day because he is headed to the Jets. How is that going to impact the rest of the NFL leading up to the draft, up to and potentially including DeAndre Hopkins? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we had our fun, Wolf, we about a month where we were basically in Aaron Rodgers' free zone. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And if you will notice, in that month, nothing really happened with Aaron Rodgers until yesterday. So it's not like we were in Aaron Rodgers' free zone. It's like, how did you guys not talk about Aaron Rodgers? You missed all that news. Yeah, well, what was the right. news? He came out of a dimly lit room, and then a month later, he got traded. Yes. So we took that month off. Right. But now and then there was news before that. Yes. He was licking toads. <laughs> Well, yeah, no. We didn't have the breaking news sounder for that. But now he and has. Then he been, wanted to be traded. Well, yeah. And he wanted to pre, He wanted to follow the Brett Favre plan exactly, which, uh, yes, would mean he's in Minnesota next year and then retires two years after that. Um, but now, now we have actual news. And it happened during our show yesterday. We got to talk about it briefly. But this is how it sounded uh, on ESPN when Adam Schefter broke the news. Oh, Laura, we have breaking news right now. Uh, breaking news. Aaron Rodgers officially is being traded to the New York Jets. And it just came down moments ago in a trade involving six picks. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official. It is happening. Finally, after all this time, we've been waiting for this trade to happen. And now it is. And here are the details of the trade that just came down. The Jets are sending their first round pick this year. Their second round pick this year. Well, hold on. Big swagoo, hold on. Their second round pick next year, it's a conditional pick. They get back, they get back the Packers' first round pick this year and a fifth round pick, but the trade is coming down. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. It is official. Wow. What you can't see is Dan Orlovsky's face in the middle of that. I think they were on NFL Live, and they just had Schefter on just in general. It wasn't to break that story, but then it happened while he was on. Um, that's wow. a big deal. That's a big that deal. Kind of, can you imagine that? Chef, he must have been so fired up. He's on the air right there having a conversation, and then he gets that bam. Yeah. Breaking news right now. That That's pretty cool. That's got, you know, I, I will say this. That's got to be a weird feeling, right? You're on ESPN, you're live. Don't you want to, like, kind of text whoever texted him back and be like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm live right now. So I don't want, like, you can't double check it because you're live. So that's got to be somebody he really trusts sending him that. Now, obviously, it was true. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Um, they're freaking out in New York. But uh, what this potentially does now, you always talk about how this is the pressure point of the offseason, Wolf, with the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. Now you've had Rodgers traded. I mean, my, my initial thought yesterday when we talked was, what does this maybe mean for DeAndre Hopkins? But, I mean, what does this potentially mean for, like, Lamar? Any other kind of n- big name that was hanging out there? Now you've got the the big trade, 
and the draft happening within 72 hours of each other. I feel like stuff's going to happen here. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. It is the ultimate pressure point, and you've got the period leading up to the draft, of course, and boy, are we inside that window right now. That is, (laughs) here we go, day two. In two days, they're going to hold that NFL draft. There's those days leading up to the draft, and then there's the actual draft itself. And the clock is ultimately ticking in that situation right now. Two pressure points. I, I, I look at them differently, and I separate them differently based on draft day. And, of course, leading up to the draft, especially the last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um. But it's a pressure point that produces results like the NFL has never seen before. And that's been historical. Yeah, and I can't... Maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers has nothing to do with Lamar. Maybe Lamar ends up just playing on Baltimore. But does it really feel like Lamar is going to play for Baltimore? And if, if, if everything stays exactly the same as it is... I mean, unless I misinterpreted, Lamar basically said, I don't want to be here. Yeah. That's the quarterback of your team. And that team is built around, yeah, you know, they're built around having a defense too, but every team is built around their quarterback. This is not, this is not some guy they took in the third round a couple of years ago and they're like, okay, fine, we'll take it or leave it. They've, as you've said, they've built their offense around him. Yeah. If he doesn't want to be there, don't they either need to move him or get him to want to be there? Boy. No, I don't think so. I think he's going to play for the Baltimore Ravens. Man, I think I, he's going to play for him. I know. It's it's just my own feeling right now. Well, it's their feeling, too, obviously, because they're operating like he's their quarterback. Yeah, no, and it's not just that. I mean, look, they, they have the franchise tag. It's the non-exclusive, of course. Um, they can put that on him, and they have. Um but, you know, think about it. I think Lamar Jackson rep- representing himself, I think he's gotten a, a face full, a frying pan of the face here, my brothers. He's gone out there, and guess what? Who's willing to give up two number ones? This guy is, he's a former MVP. He, he's, he's from just a couple years ago. He's not from, always yeah. one of the most explosive quarterbacks in the league. Why? Why will nobody play along here? See, I think for Baltimore, this has actually worked out pretty well that he's not been moved. That there isn't a team that says, okay, we'll, we'll give you two number ones. For a franchise quarterback, who wouldn't give a team two number ones for a franchise quarterback? I would. I, and when I say a franchise quarterback, I'm talking about one that is won an MVP. Did you see the John, Lynch quote, the John Lynch quote of, yeah, we're looking at everything? Like, oh, okay, yeah. You calm down, John. Look, you stay away from Lamar. You get, exactly they can't even afford him, right? Look, I would no. imagine. But uh, that's the one team I don't want him to go to. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson on San Francisco? Like, it has been spun over the last however many weeks or months. That, oh, yeah, Lamar, you can't really win with him. Um, if he's San Francisco's quarterback, who's beating that team? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's that much of a slam dunk. I don't. If he were on the team? Yeah, because once again, uh, hope you don't get behind by a couple of they touchdowns. Won't. Well, <laughs> they maybe won't. they, Not maybe on they will. Maybe they will. Well, And maybe it's going to be in a game that you don't want to get behind. Like maybe it's the NFC Championship game or a playoff game or a Super Bowl. They weren't falling behind in games till Christian McCaffrey was their quarterback. He's not going to San Francisco. Yeah, but still. I, I just know, don't want him going to San Francisco. Yeah, I, look, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. But there's a reason why 
teams have not stepped forward and said two number ones. That that's all you want for for an MVP quarterback. Two number one oh, man. Here's two. Take them. We've already burned two of them. We've got two guys. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Are you kidding me? Those two number ones how many, for a quarterback who you're going to build around? How many teams are going to burn a first-round pick on a quarterback this year oh, exactly. where, it's, where it's not going to work? You have no idea. So I think, I think I saw the other day that like they're, they're projecting about five quarterbacks going number, in the first round. Okay, There's yeah. no way all five <laughs> of those quarterbacks are as good as Lamar Jackson. No way. Maybe one or two. Maybe, right? Maybe Bryce Young is is everything he's cracked up to be. Maybe one of the other three or four, if you throw Hendon Hooker in there, ends up being really good, too. But either way, the other teams that use a first-round pick on their quarterback at that point are already burning one on a guy that they have to get rid of. They're not doing it. Yeah, that says something. But I wonder if, if anything is going to change with that situation, if it's going to happen this week. Because you just had Aaron Rodgers traded, and the draft is on Thursday. That's that's kind of where I was going with all that. Uh, all right, we come back. What has stood out to Jay Williams about the Suns in their first-round series against the Clippers so far? We're going to ask the co-host of Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.